Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to the Disney Movie Marathon. Today we're going to be talking about the live-action remake of Pinocchio, which, as of the release of this episode, literally just came out last week. This kind of timeliness will not be the norm, so hopefully you won't start expecting a new podcast from me every time a new Disney movie comes out, but with the timing of the release of the movie coming out just around the time I was launching this new podcast, I knew I wanted to fit it into the schedule, even if it meant me scrambling for a weekend to make sure it got done. When I covered the original film back in 2018, I'm not sure we even mentioned the fact that a remake had been announced, because at the time, and actually still, it seems like Disney announces a lot of projects, and sometimes they just don't end up ever happening. So I'm kind of taking these as they come. Like, I'm really having my doubts about a live-action Chernabog from Fantasia film at this point. Anyway, joining me for this episode is my friend Eli Sanza. He's a huge Pinocchio fan, and after Sarah and I were a bit negative on the original, I had Eli come on the podcast to point out some of the positives that we had glossed over while talking about how much darker it was than we remembered. So when I realized how the timing was likely going to work out with this new podcast, I asked Eli if he'd be available to join me for this episode as soon as the new movie was out. If there's anyone you can count on for an honest review of Pinocchio, Eli is your man. Okay, so uh, before we start, I just want to say that because of the reaction on Twitter, I thought that this was going to be an absolute horrific train wreck, and <laughs> um, it wasn't. No. It was, it was not a horrible, bad movie, but it was not a good movie either. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It was not. It was not a good movie. I was. It wasn't. It wasn't a bomb. But I. I. I kind of understand the reaction. Yeah, there was a bit of hyperbole, but I think in some ways it's deserved. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I get it because, like, you know how Twitter kind of likes to exaggerate when they see something yes. bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it was. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we can just start at the beginning and talk about each thing that is either new or different. Yeah, sure. The first thing is Jiminy Cricket. He breaks the fourth wall a lot, which I felt, I think he sort of did in the first one too, but it seemed weirder in this one. Like it was him from the future talking to himself in the past. And it was like, this is a weird choice. But there was a lot of weird choices in this movie. (laughs) This is the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) Uh, What did you think of his voice? Joseph Gordon-Levitt did Jiminy Cricket's voice. I would have never known that that's who it was. No, I I would have never known either. Because Joseph uh, (laughs) Gordon-Levitt, which, by the way, this is the same guy who played Jim Hawkins in Treasure Planet, if you can believe it. Uh, (laughs) He does Jiminy Cricket in this movie. And and he does a kind of a decent job uh, doing a Cliff Edwards-esque voice. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was like... (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't Cliff Edwards and Cliff Edwards no. is yeah yeah you, Cliff Edwards was kind of um, a better voice actor yes um, <laughs> and it's noticeable in some parts but he was he, he was far from the worst thing about the movie oh <laughs> totally yeah so in that regard I thought he did an okay job what did you think of his design it, the the Jiminy Cricket's design, uh, yeah, it was. 
Well, you know, I didn't know exactly what to expect with his design when you're talking about like making a Jiminy Cricket for a live action movie. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. exactly um, better than I imagined or worse than I imagined. It was just like, because I didn't know what to imagine. It was just like, uh, that's pretty much what I figured it would be. It's like, he's sort of like, he's sort of cartoony in a way. He doesn't look like a cricket. He still doesn't look Mm -hmm. like a cricket. But he's a little bit more cricket-like in his anatomy, a little bit mm-hmm. just in his like skin texture. But I'm not really a big fan of any of the live-action interpretations of a lot of the animated characters, and not because of a nostalgia thing, but just because it's like it's it's, it's even on its own. This isn't like I don't want to say I don't want to say that he's ugly, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't look uh, as appealing as yeah. As good. That that's kind of what I was thinking too. I think they could have gone a little bit further towards the cartoon version because he did yeah. look a little bit too insecty. But I I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying that he was horrifically <laughs> ugly, and I didn't think that. But <laughs> it it could have been cuter. Yeah, well, actually, when they designed the original Jiminy Cricket for the animated version, they sort of started out making him a little bit cricket-like. But Walt Disney didn't like it because they didn't like how crickets, how like ugly, a little bit alien-like the cricket mm-hmm. looked. So that's why when they came to the final design, he was sort of just looked like a mini human a little bit. That's what it kind of mm-hmm. was. So that was the origin of how he looked less and less like a cricket because crickets aren't that appealing. So mm-hmm. when they sort of turned it back around and made him a little bit more cricket-like for the realistic version of the story, it's like um, that kind of goes back on why they made him look the way he did in the first place. So it's like it, the whole movie sort of undermines what they did in the past a little bit when you think about it, which is sort of mm-hmm. like one of the reasons why I don't like these movies so much. Mm. I will say, though, the one thing that I did like about this one over the animated one was his cricket noises. I thought that was cute. That wasn't bad. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I like the cartoon version better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Sorry, Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> and then Geppetto, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, this this kind of went back and forth for me. There were times when I thought he was good, and there were other times like, this is a bizarre performance. Yeah, I agree with that. You like it's, there are some moments in the film where it's like, oh, this is like, well, Tom Hanks is a great actor. He's a great mm-hmm. actor. Uh, he he does some good acting in the film, as you would expect, obviously, with the Tom Hanks performance. But it's not the best of the best, not the best acting he's ever <laughs> done in his career. I'll I'll put it like that. Yeah, yeah. One thing I noticed, not just with Geppetto, but like with multiple characters, there's a lot of rhyming in this movie. And I don't remember that in the original. Was that supposed to be, like, am I just not remembering something? Like, why are so many people rhyming in this movie? Uh, um, you know what? There was a little bit of rhyming with the, the Blue Fairy rhymed a little bit in the animated version. Actually, it they didn't point it out 
so much as as they did in the live action version. It was just like it was it happened a little bit more nationally. Yeah, it felt very unnatural in this version. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was kind of a problem for me. They mm-hmm. they sort of they sort of made fun of it a little bit. And another thing that really stood out to me in the beginning, and this is something else that other people have been making much of on Twitter, and I can see why. All the clocks. Oh my god. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. I have some things to say about the clocks. Okay, say them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, on one level, it was, uh, it's, it was kind of fun to see all these clocks because it's like, okay, yeah, this is, I see what they did here. This is a little bit of an Easter egg. And then... <laughs> By the time they stopped showing all the clocks, I was like, "It's not an Easter egg anymore. It's just (laughs) (laughs) it's way too blatant to be an Easter egg." I saw somebody on Twitter saying, "This isn't an Easter egg. It's a whole Easter basket just set in front of you." (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's it's they've kind of ruined the Easter egg elements a little bit because it was just like you like Easter eggs so much here, you have a bunch of them and then they pour them on our heads. It's like, <laughs> if they had been in the background and the camera had not like done any zooming in on them, I would have thought it was a cute, in some cases, cool nod and like cool Easter eggs. But like the camera just blatantly zooming in on all of these obvious uh, Disney clocks. It was like, yeah. this isn't, this isn't creative anymore. No, no, no. I didn't. I, I one of the things I didn't like about that, you would think that, oh, I'm a Disney fan. This would be my favorite part of the movie, but it didn't work for me really because, um, like, the one of the things I didn't like was that they they <laughs> they lingered on them. Yeah, like you said, they stopped the story dead just to focus on them. Mm-hmm. It was like <laughs> that's that's not good. That's not good direction. What's happening here? This is just you just want to show off all the things you own as a corporation. Is that, <laughs> is that what this is? Like, there, there have been other Easter eggs that have been out slightly more blatant in the past, like the genie in Aladdin turning into Pinocchio and then pulling Sebastian out of a book, but they're like really quick. And it yeah. makes sense in character for the genie. Yes. Yes. But like that it didn't make sense for Geppetto to know all these stories. There was a lot of stuff that was really anachronistic in the movie too. Like the the way Honest John talked, it was like way too modern calling Pinocchio an influencer. I'm getting ahead of myself, but like that, yeah. that annoyed me as well. <laughs> but like yeah. it was too, too, too on the nose, too anachronistic. Didn't make sense in the story. It, it was just, yeah. it felt dumb instead of an Easter egg. Well, yeah, well, there's a lot of sort of like modern touches they try to put into the movie, but none of them feel that natural. It kind of feels no. like, yeah, that's the problem. It sort of feels forced modernization. Yes. And, yes. It, and, and it's especially cringeworthy when they try to put that in, on the, into the humor aspect of the movie, when mm-hmm. they try to be funny in a modern way. That, it's just that, the personification of that how do you do fellow kids meme. It's just yeah, yeah. so cringy. <laughs> yes, and I've heard a lot of people on Twitter saying that this is very, <laughs> like the biggest cringe movie of all time. I wouldn't say that, but it had some very cringy moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like I said, exaggeration. The another thing that stood out to me at the beginning 
and I don't think that this is, I'm like 99% sure this is not from the Disney movie. I don't even remember if it's from the book, but Geppetto having a wife and son who have died. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what they were going for with the, all the nods to like the kid in the picture. And then I think he was talking about a wife. And I thought that was a bit weird, especially because like I've seen a trailer for a different Pinocchio movie coming out later this year, that that's like the whole point of the story is Geppetto mourning his lost son. So this, even though that's not out yet, that almost felt like a ripoff of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's like, hey, this this whole movie kind of feels like a ripoff when you think about it. I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, like, even though it's from Disney and it's yeah. like, and the Disney version is the one that it's mostly based on. It just feels like it's copying that one, and and, and not and, but, well, and not well. But and but the, the, but going back to the thing you said about the son and the wife, I noticed that oh, this, when I was watching, oh, they they're, they're going for something different here. They're trying to be more mature about it. It's just like they're trying to put like a dark backstory, and it was like oh, Geppetto. It turns out he was making the puppets because he lost his son and they were and they weren't outright with it they were sort of trying to be vague and like this is probably mm-hmm. what happened it's probably his son died his wife might have died too who knows and yeah sure like that part i was fine with. like like if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna make a remake of a movie you might as well do something new with it so and i thought that was kind of interesting because like hey where what what is geppetto's backstory no one never mm-hmm. knew that but then it was dropped, never brought up again. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. It was sort of cheap. It was like it was like a cheap touch. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on Figaro and Cleo? I do. Yeah, Figaro and Cleo. Yeah. Well, th- th- it won't come as a surprise to you, but I liked them a lot more in the animated version than I did in this. Of course. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It- they didn't get showcased a lot. It sort of felt like they were just in there because they, they had, had to be. be. <laughs> it had to be like yeah that's exactly right that's what it felt like it's like it, it, that, that that's my problem with their inclusion it felt just like pointless like you could have that movie be the same and not have figaro and cleo in the movie and like it wouldn't even you wouldn't lose that much because it's not like figaro and cleo did anything that interesting but in, in the animated version i liked them because they were sort of like a like a comedy duo mm-hmm. in that one they sort of had a lot of hilarious moments and i really loved figaro's pantomime uh bratty child's behavior yes she <laughs> <laughs> was figaro was funny but yeah. they completely ruined that or like ignored that in this yeah. one and it's and like i feel like if this movie had a better i don't know writer or director they would have like either gotten rid of those characters because they didn't add anything or they would have gave them more of a purpose or just had them be pets like not have them be part of the story like he has a cat named figaro and a fish named cleo and they're just there like that would have been fine for me it was it was yeah, weird to I, have them be full cgi characters and around but not really doing anything like i would have rather just had a a pet cat exactly exactly it would have worked better if it were a pet cat that was just a real cat because it's not like he needed to they didn't need it to be a computer animated cat or fish because they weren't in the movie that often so there was there was no point to animate them yeah as they were they were fine but just fine completely forgettable yeah completely forgettable exactly and the other main big character from the beginning is the Blue Fairy. 
played by Cynthia Erivo. I've never seen her in anything else, but apparently she's going to be the star of the Wicked movie, which I've been looking forward to that because I've never seen Wicked and I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I will say, even though she only had one scene, she's <laughs> kind of the best part of the movie. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> loved, <laughs> I loved her voice. She was a very different looking sort of fairy, but I loved her voice. Yeah. Yeah, I liked her. She was uh, like uh, a lot different from the the original Blue Fairy, but I liked that. I like when they do something completely different. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird because they chose to do go in a completely different direction with her, but almost nothing else in the movie. It's like, <laughs> why can't you do that for more things? Like, yeah. like we've we've talked about with cinderella which is probably one of the best ones Mm -hmm. that and peach dragon it's like those work so well because they do their own thing with the source material and they have nods to the original but nothing in this was it was just like mostly a copy paste with the exception of the blue fairy although i will say with the blue fairy they should have had her have more than one scene i was annoyed that she only had one scene Especially because she was, like, the best character. (laughs) I know. I know. that I heard some people talking about that on Twitter, complaining about that, Like, and I agree. Like, she she should have been in more than one scene. I felt like that was only one, like, what, four or five minute scene in the entire movie. And, like, they made this movie longer than the animated version, and they added a bunch of new characters in this version that they still couldn't get the Blue Fairy into more than one scene. Yeah, and they took away her other big scene, which is the lying scene. Oh, yes, you're right. In the scene when the Pinocchio's nose was growing when, yes. while he was in that cage, he appeared there. And, they, and, and she I turned it they, back. It didn't, yes, just she, mag- it didn't just turn back on its own. That was yes, weird. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was one of the weirdest creative choices they made here because I thought that if the if the scene when the blue fairy helped Pinocchio while his nose was growing and while he was in the cage, he, the blue fairy actually freed Pinocchio from that cage in the original mm-hmm. movie. I thought that they the reason the fact that they changed that was very odd because what they replaced it with was I think one of the worst things about the movie. And I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But I thought this was the scene with the growing nose was like such a terrible creative choice because mm-hmm. basic, basically what happens is the Blue Fairy doesn't have to tell them in the live action version. Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket just figure out on their own, oh, every time you lie, your nose happens to grow. And and then they use it like it like it's some sort of special gift. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. That's where I was going. It's like they use the fact that his lying helps his nose grow as a, to an advantage so that they can help get the key to help free them from the cage. And I thought, was, oh, wait a minute. So what is your message here? That it, lying is okay as long as it helps you? It's like, is that what they're saying here? I was just, my mind was, blown by that yeah they 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 botched the message they had the message there but they glossed it over real quick really quick and really badly it's like in the worst way like mm-hmm. how did that get past the whoever that gets past in order to get <laughs> on disney plus like the, the message there was just so completely the opposite of what the message was in the first movie i thought that was like I was flabbergasted by, by how terrible that scene was handled. Mm-hmm. 
Well, anyways, we after with the Blue Fairy, we come to Pinocchio coming to life, played by Benjamin Evan Ainsworth, who I don't think I've seen him in anything. I looked up his IMDb. It said it, he was in a different Disney movie called Flora and Ulysses, but I haven't seen that yet. So oh, I've, yeah. I've never seen him in anything. Yeah, no, I never heard of him either. Actually, I've seen, I actually have seen Flora and Ulysses. I don't remember anything about that movie except for like uh, some like impressive flying squirrel animation. But you know, yeah, I don't remember him in anything. I did like when Pinocchio first comes to life. I did like that they gave Pinocchio and Geppetto some time together. Like you can tell that there are several days passing instead of Pinocchio coming to life and immediately being sent to school alone the next day. Yes. Yeah. I liked that. They were like, okay. It was like, it was, they came to the a part of the movie where Geppetto actually came to the realization, oh, now, you know what? Now that we're a family and you're my son now, maybe you should go to school now. And I liked how that unfolded. Mm-hmm. Although I still have to question why he sent him off alone. Like he has the whole <laughs> speech about this town is very confusing and you can get lost. So I'm like, why didn't you just take him to school? (laughs) See, see, that was my, that's actually a problem I have with the original movie and this movie. It's like, like Geppetto, what is Geppetto doing all day? That's so important to you. Like what he can't walk, (laughs) he can't walk his wooden puppet boy to school on his first day like walking outside alive among humans like i'm not surprised that he got like kidnapped and swallowed by a whale like of course <laughs> of course that happened like you sent him out into the real world he's that, probably too yeah. busy making an oliver and company cuckoo clock yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just so questionable everything about this (laughs) yeah oh yeah good one (laughs) then we meet another character another brand new character the seagull named Sophia who Geppetto feeds garbage to like apparently (laughs) they know each other like she visits all the time yeah and that, that that character is voiced by Lorraine Bracco and I'm not sure who she is, but she has a very long IMDb page. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the first time I saw her was in The Sopranos. That was, like, the HBO, like, mm-hmm. mob drama. And and he played Tony Soprano's therapist in that show. And that was, and she was great in that role. Like, I liked her then. And that was the first time I saw her. But I think she was in things long before that show. She was, I think she might have been in goodfellas or something from martin scorsese and like back in the early 90s it's like he's been around he's mm. a veteran actor i kind of figured with the length of her imdb page oh yeah you, yeah but i don't think i've seen her in anything because i skimmed and nothing jumped out at me right I, I i do think this might be the first time i've ever seen her in anything uh seen her voice uh an animated character though mm. well after we meet sophia we come to Honest John and Foul Fellow. Honest John is played by Keegan-Michael Key. And for some reason, when I heard his voice, I was like, oh, Jordan Peele's going to be going to be Foul Fellow. <laughs> 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 but apparently not. He's still mute like he was in the original. I never thought of that, but that would have been, <laughs> been hilarious if they were <laughs> Key and Peele played Honest John and Gideon. But... but they you know just like with the original movie they thought oh gideon would work a lot better as a silent character and they were and he, and they are right about that i do think that they work better as a i'm i'm the brains i talk and you're the dummy you stay silent <laughs> like kind of dynamic it's more fun 
I did like that gag with taking the giant hammer out of his coat because, like, there's no way that that hammer actually is hiding inside the coat. Yeah, but like he pulls it open and there's a giant hammer in there. That I... that that was cute. I liked that. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny in a like a Looney Tunes kind yes. of way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But other than that, I didn't really like their scenes very much. Honest John, like I said, he was way too modern. Yeah. Calling him an, like everybody talked about the Chris Pine joke, which was dumb, mm. but calling him an influencer was way worse uh, to me yeah. anyway. No, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I was like, I was thinking, oh my God, an influence. This, when does this movie take place is my question. That's what I kept thinking. Like, yeah. It felt like they didn't really. They, I know you're not probably not supposed to think about stuff like this that often, that much. It's like it's a modern movie, so like it's it's released in 2022, and that's the basically the excuse of why they said influencer, and it's just that's all the explanation that you need. But when you're making a movie like this, I would have put a little bit more thought into like the authenticity of it and mm-hmm. the time of it, and that's why I think this was poorly directed. If they were going for more of a Shrek-like feel, then I could see them getting away with a joke like that. But this wasn't supposed to be a spoof of Pinocchio. This is supposed to be actual Pinocchio. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's I completely agree. And that's why I thought it didn't. It, that's why it felt so unnatural and, mm-hmm. and not well done. I should say, too, there was one joke in here that I hated with Pinocchio stopping to sniff a pile of horse manure for oh, some reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That oh, was I like, know. who thought of this joke? And who said, yes, this is a good joke for a Pinocchio movie. Let's put it in. That was weird. I was like, it's like I'm. Think, I'm sure they were trying to. I, they were trying to go for disgusting, like bathroom humor to try to appeal to kids. It's like they do that all the time. But like this one was, if it, it again, it felt out of place, <laughs> and 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 it felt forced. It felt very forced. Yeah. Moving on to Stromboli, he was voiced by, or he wasn't voiced. He was played by Giuseppe Battiston, who I believe is an Italian actor because. I didn't recognize anything he was in, and they looked like a lot of Italian titles. Uh, so I I think they just got an actual Italian to play him, which he was apparently. he wasn't bad. He was fine. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't feel too strongly about him. the The one in the animated version is far more terrifying, if you ask me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Like I said before i even saw what the new scrimboli was going to look like even before i saw him i i thought anyone who's going to replace the animated scrimboli is going to be lesser in comparison i just know it's and it's mm-hmm. not gonna i can i just i can just tell and because the animated scrimboli was so great mm-hmm. and so well animated by bill Titler that i can't imagine a human actor being this great and 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 i and so that part the fact that he wasn't as great as the animated scrimboli didn't surprise me i knew he wouldn't be i knew he wouldn't be but uh, the actor that they got he wasn't bad I was hoping that he would be as sinister and as terrifying as the animated version because I liked that aspect of the character, but he was he he wasn't. He wasn't. He was he was sort of just not very threatening in any outstanding way. He was just a terrible person. That was yeah, all. Was just, yeah, thank you. Thank you. He was just a terrible person and that was all. In this scene you meet 
another new character, Fabiana. Yeah. And I didn't recognize her from anything. I looked her up. She only had two IMDb credits, one of which was this movie. So she must be a new actress. Yeah. And I wasn't sure exactly what they were going for with her because she had a new song. And she described herself as half human, half marionette in the song. And she had like a leg brace. I'm like, am I supposed to take that literally or... (laughs) I I don't know. There's so many weird choices in this movie. I didn't know if she actually was supposed to be half marionette. But she mostly speaks through a marionette because Pinocchio says he doesn't trust her. The only human he trusts is his father. So he speaks to her through her puppet named Sabina. But the puppet has a different voice than her. Like, because I looked it up and she had, there was a voice actress who played the puppet, not her. it was a strange choice. That is a strange choice. I was assuming that she probably voiced the puppet because you would I thought you were supposed to I thought they were implying that she voiced the puppet in the movie. I think but... they were, but the puppet had a different voice actress according to IMDB. Fabiana was played by Kian Lamaya, and the voice of Sabina was Jaquita Talay. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but either way, it, it, IMDb had two different actors for the characters. Okay, I mean weird. that's not a <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty much all of my my reaction is to it. It's kind of weird, but okay. I yeah. mean, sure. I mean, it's not like people can't pretend to have a different voice in real life. It's voice acting as a profession, so I guess that's what they did, and they just decided to like really go for it with a completely different voice and for the characters. Yeah. Sure, why not? I guess. And they also have this subplot of really the only other puppeteer you see is this Fabiana character. But she says that she and the other puppeteers are planning on escaping and taking back their money from Stromboli because apparently he stole all their money. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but like he's obviously a terrible person anyway. So she like tries to recruit Pinocchio, but he wants to escape. And like they're interrupted. <laughs> you have... Jiminy Cricket, he was trapped earlier, so he escapes when the thing comes by and knocks a rock onto the jar that he was trapped under. But they had weird foreshadowing earlier. This is another one of the weird choices. Earlier in the movie, he made a comment about loose gravel and a rock being launched by a passing wagon wheel and hitting somebody. And then that actually happened. I was like, what? Why? Why? That's like the weirdest <laughs> foreshadowing. Like, you could have just had that happen. You don't need to put have a whole scene dedicated to this long explanation about why a rock could get launched by... It was weird. It was just a weird choice. Yeah, I have a feeling that they gave the foreshadowing of that moment just to make it seem not to, like, do ex machina when, when the rock frees him from the jar. And, like... But it didn't. It, it felt very on the nose and not like it didn't happen in a very like smooth way. But that's the whole movie for me, so that's not surprising. It felt like a joke that should have been cut in the second draft of the script. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the whole movie for me. But yeah, but yeah, that's what I. That's that was that's my reaction to that statement. And also in. During the, all this, you also have Geppetto going out to look for Pinocchio. And even in the original, I always thought it was weird that he brought Figaro and Cleo with him. But having it be live action just highlights how bizarre that is. Like, he takes an entire fish bowl 
water and all, out to search for his missing son. Just leave the fish at home. I know. Like, like with the rain coming down, like Cleo's waters, the pH balance is going to be thrown off and she's going to die. <laughs> that fish is going to die. I was thinking that if that fishbowl overflowed, that fish was going to die. That's what I kept thinking. And that was like... <laughs> And also, also bringing her out onto the open ocean, like even though her her bowl could be refilled, it's going to be refilled with salt water, and she'll die from that too. <laughs> uh, it's it's just it, this it, this is another example of why it seemed like the people who were making this movie were not thinking. It just felt <laughs> like they were. <laughs> It didn't think like they were taking the story seriously. That was what I didn't like. It was like, if I were directing this movie, I would have thought about things like this. And the fact that mm-hmm. they weren't just made it seem like it was like you know, insulting my intelligence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you have the scene we already talked about with the weird lying and glossing over the morality tale aspect of that. Yeah. <laughs> Of the, there were like maybe three things. There were a lot of things in the movie I didn't like, but there were like maybe three things I thought were outstandingly bad. And like that scene with the, where he used his growing nose to help him get free was like one of those. Mm-hmm. One of those. I'll point out the other two as we go, but that was one of the the three worst aspects of the movie. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, his growing nose helps them escape. And it magically turns back for some reason. I don't remember why. <laughs> I don't think it was ever really explained too well, but it just happens. Then he gets kidnapped immediately after they escape. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so then you have the coachman, played by Luke Evans, who also was in the Beauty and the Beast remake as Gaston. Yeah. And I've, I still haven't seen the Beauty and the Beast remake. I'm, I'm kind of just waiting until I get to it in the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're not you're not in a hurry or anything no i when it was first announced i thought oh this could be good and then the reviews started coming in i was like i don't really care anymore <laughs> yeah, i'll watch it when i watch it yeah and then you have lampwick also who is played by lewin lloyd on imdb it said he was in an episode of doctor who but i don't remember him so yeah i know i've seen him before but i did like him in this he was a good lamp lampwick i thought he was he was good, yeah. But it, he was like most of the other actors in in the movie. It wasn't like super standout to me. He was just he was fine. Yeah, he well he wasn't outstanding or anything. But like you know, I'd like, I like I liked he got really into the role. He was like he was like mm. of all like yeah. Of he all was of kind of, he was very awful, but he's supposed to be <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, he was like he reminded me of like a Charles Dickens like rag of street drag them off in character like that felt like they were going for a little bit mm-hmm. and there's another new song in here i don't remember i don't know if i knew what it was called who's the coachman singing about real boys i don't remember the whole the song was um, kind of forgettable yeah I, th- I think there was something he was singing about like something about how like peer pressure is a good thing or something like that i, I don't remember it wasn't it wasn't that great but I yeah. also noticed in this scene that he doesn't just steal boys in this one. He steals girls, too. Yeah, I noticed that. It was, like, very specific in the old one that he only stole naughty little boys. But he just steals any child who's bad. Yeah. 
I have a feeling that they changed that because they didn't think that they didn't want to leave girls out by saying, oh, only boys can be bad. No, no, girls can be bad, too. Let's not be sexist, dude. That's, that's, a kind of, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. It, it was just another strange, not really strange change. It was just a change, and I didn't feel one way or the other about it. It makes sense because, like, all children can be naughty. So Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really like think it was a good change or a bad change either. I thought it was, it was, a, it was fine. It was like, sure, why not? Girls let girls like uh, throw bricks at stained glass windows. <laughs> like, Dump a full grand piano down a flight of stairs. That <laughs> yeah. did make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the, the, I did like I do like the Pleasure Island scenes. It was like kind of hilarious. Yeah, the for all the changes that they made, Pleasure Island was mostly fine. the The big change here was that they replaced alcohol and cigars with root beer, candy, and fast food. Like there was like <laughs> hamburgers and stuff. Like it was a lot of junk food, but like it was ma- mostly they turned it into gluttony rather than alcohol and tobacco. Which I don't know. I guess that's fine, but it felt weird because like. The alcohol was supposed to be like really shocking that these awful children are guzzling beer. And like the whole point is that these are awful children. So it just felt kind of weird to say that root beer is as bad as alcohol. (laughs) And yeah, that was the. That was my other problem with this movie. And uh, I told you I was going to tell you what the two other worst things about this movie are. And that's number two, the fact that they replaced beer with root beer. Because when when you think about the fact that these kids are being punished for being bad, not just punished, they're transformed into donkeys. And we don't even know if they if those kids are okay. Then they might have stayed donkeys for the entire for their life. Mm-hmm. Like for all we know, and I think eating fast food and root beer is kind of a harsh, a harsh uh, punishment for that. Is being transformed yeah. into a donkey and sold like a slave. I feel like that didn't really land for me. Mm-hmm. It was it was just one of many weird choices, but it was one of the ones that stood out the most. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of get why they did it. If, even though I don't agree with it, I sort of understand it because, oh, they were probably thinking, kids drinking beer, eh, should we? Like, that's kind of risque. And, like, we but... can't show them drinking beer, but we can show them being trafficked into human slavery. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It makes no sense. And especially, <laughs> especially when the point of them drinking beer isn't to say that it's okay for kids to drink beer yeah. and they made, they made that clear when they got transformed into donkeys so mm-hmm. i don't see why they just it just felt like a really uh ill-advised change because it felt like it was just like they would they didn't think about it how it made sense in the story they all they cared about was i don't want to see kids drinking beer that's too much and then then mm-hmm. that ruined that ruined the story yeah like, like I said, most of the Pleasure Island scene was fine. And it was like the implications. The whole scene wasn't as disturbing as the original in some ways, but the implications were still just as disturbing. But yeah. it could have been done better. And I think that having them actually drinking alcohol and smoking cigars would have really hit the point home that these are really bad kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some kids can only afford to eat fast food because they're in poverty, and like that's <laughs> so, true. I didn't even think of that aspect. Yes, 
that makes it even worse when you think about it in that way. But, but yeah, that's just not to get dark or anything with that. Yeah, that, well, it's I, true. That, yeah, no, that's that's what I thought about when I was watching. That's that ruined it for me too. Mm-hmm. And another change here is that Sophia the Seagull knows where they went, and she brings Geppetto a flyer for P- Pleasure Island so that he can find them. But my question is, when he sees this flyer, he knows exactly what it is and where they've gone. So it's like, if people know about Pleasure Island, why does it still exist? Why haven't the authorities hunted down this island and gotten rid of the coachman? Oh my, I never thought of that, but that makes, that doesn't make sense. Like, oh, he, Pleasure Island, is a, it's got posters everywhere. People know about it. They know, apparently, Geppetto knows how to get there. So and he knows it's um, a horrible place. Yeah. So, it, it was, that was strange. That was strange. Why did he, why does that place, why, why aren't they shutting down that place? That's, super weird yeah like uh, another reason why i think that the the they might have not been thinking very hard when they were making this movie i think Mm -hmm. that might be another example of that yeah then we come to the transformation scenes and where you find out about the donkeys being children and you actually see the henchmen of the coachman in this one and i remember when I rewatched the original, like I had, when I rewatched the original a few years ago for the podcast, I hadn't remembered the henchmen of the coachman, but they're not really visible very much. You just kind of catch glimpses of them and they're more like shadowy figures. But the, in this one, they're like smoke monsters. It was <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I wanted them to do when, for the henchmen in this version because it's not like I knew exactly what they did with the henchmen in the animated version either. I, they they looked sort of like shadowy gorilla-like figures. That's what I thought when I watched it. I was like, are those supposed to be like gorillas? Like yeah. I, you couldn't really tell. Yeah, you couldn't really tell, but it, just, it seemed like you weren't – it, it seemed like they weren't thinking about it. They were just like, oh, let, these are the henchmen. What should the henchmen look like? Let's just make them like evil, dark, like creepy things. And let's not think about what they are or if they're human or not or monsters. That's which might have been probably the least creative decision they made in that movie, possibly, because like they probably could have like thought harder about what the henchmen were. But I do think that the choice they made with the live action version uh was <laughs> sort of it, it, it was interesting but like they didn't really make it clear what they are and why does why are they you they were clearly yeah. like magical like monster creatures and they didn't really explain why they exist or where they came from so it's sort of weird it was just one of those things where you just have to accept that's what it felt like i i feel like i would have preferred them to do something closer to the original in that you just don't really see them because like in the original they're like in the background and they're basically they're they're not much more than shadows and i feel like just having them be shadows would have been better like you never really get a good look at them like i feel like that would have improved it a lot yeah i feel like that would have been better actually that would have been a good like to not 
focus so much on like the shadow monster thing it would have saved them some uh, money on mm-hmm. in the budget too so like <laughs> they don't always have to ha- use special effects when when they can mm-hmm. i thought it would have worked better if there was just like an ordinary like shadow in the background or something like that but yeah yeah no i agree with you what did you think of the transformation sequence like lampwick in particular it was uh, not not surprisingly i didn't like it as much as the animated version the animated version was like a lot better staged and directed this one mm-hmm. was wasn't bad like like yeah well on its own the sequence you could still sort of tell it was like the the horror aspect of like mm-hmm. oh my god like the the child transforming their donkey it was sort of creepy still but like within the context of the rest of the movie it's just it sort of loses its impact because yeah. it's we all know what the rest of the movie is like so it's, mm-hmm. it's putting this scene in it it doesn't improve it that well because it's like it although if i want to say if i want to say something positive about it it's like i i did think it was probably one of the most like effective scenes in the movie for what it was. Yeah, I think it was fine. And if I had never seen the original, I think it would be creepy and disturbing as they intended. Mm-hmm. But this one just felt like it had less less bite. I don't know. It it wasn't as creepy as it could have been because I think yeah. the original was creepier. And yeah, they could have they could have really upped the horror on this if they wanted to. Actually, I, I I agree with you, and I kind of feel like they were holding back. Of kind they, of like they a- definitely were holding back because they didn't even have like I was waiting for one of the donkeys to start screaming and crying as a child because that yeah. was one of the most disturbing things in the original, and that never happened, and that yeah. felt intentional. Like, oh no, we can't have this be too disturbing, but like yeah. it needed that. Yes, it needed that in order for in order for you to understand how bad it was, and for you to be satisfied when the happy ending finally comes. Mm-hmm. Like although the donkey, like I said, the donkeys are never seen again. <laughs> the donkeys don't get a happy ending, but Pinocchio does. <laughs> they don't. They don't get a happy ending. But like, I guess the the uh, idea behind that is that oh well, they were bad kids, but yeah, <laughs> so they. Although it, I don't, I, I still don't think they deserve to be donkeys. Like it, like no. No. <laughs> if they had known they were going to get turned into donkeys, they probably would have never gone to Pleasure Island in the first place. That's like mm-hmm. that's what I was getting. <laughs> I was getting the idea for that when they were yelling for their mommy. Yeah, but yeah, they managed to escape, and there's some more weird foreshadowing here when Jiminy Cricket talks about Monstro being a giant sea monster that is like an island like he lives on the water and it, was, it was weird foreshadowing it was like do we really need him to lampshade monstro like <laughs> <laughs> just have it be a surprise just don't don't say it's coming yeah you know what like well if you remember the part when monster was introduced in the movie and how they first saw him it would it would have been it would have been great if that was the first time they ever mm-hmm. he ever he, he ever popped up and they mm-hmm. didn't even mention him before that i would have been even more effective and even more terrifying mm-hmm. but they managed to get back to land they get back home and the seagull comes along again and tells them that Geppetto is gone. He sold all his clocks to buy a boat so he could get 
to them on Pleasure Island. So they go back to the water. I think they're, I don't know if they're going to swim or what, but they go back to the pier and then Stromboli's cart comes along. So Pinocchio hides under the pier, but it turns out it's not Stromboli. It's Fabiana. And she pops her puppet down to talk to Pinocchio and they invite him to join them because Stromboli has been arrested and they now run the show. (laughs) Yeah. Which felt strange, but I will say that one of my biggest, I don't know. I don't know if this is the criticism or not, but like one of the issues I had was that none of the bad guys in the original get any sort of comeuppance. Yeah. So it's sort of satisfying that Stromboli gets something, but like if I was to choose a bad guy to get some comeuppance, I would have rather it been the coachman. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the coachman did something a lot worse. I mean, at least Stromboli wasn't harming any humans. Stromboli just stole a puppet and stole some money. He was just a bad guy. The, the, coachman is a straight up child thief yes exactly that's (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i was like okay stromboli got arrested that didn't happen in the original movie so that was kind of satisfying although like if you remember about the child trafficking it sort of (laughs) lessens yeah lessens the impact yeah yeah it was fine it it was nice to have a little bit of closure with her character because of the new characters, I I did like her. Like I liked her better than the seagull for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the seagull no, is a weird choice too, but but it's yeah, another one of yeah. those whatever things. Yeah, exactly. No, I did like that. The fact that uh, Stromboli got arrested, I had like because I kind of liked uh, Fabiana as a character. She wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted, I wanted her to have a happy ending. Yes, and then they have another strange deviation from the original but it's another one that it's fine but i don't really understand what they were going for because when she offers to have him join their troop he refuses so his donkey features disappear oh yeah i don't i don't i don't really know why that was linked to him refusing to join her troop yeah, that was kind of a odd choice uh, I, because yeah, the, it was a different from the the original movie. Obviously, the, the the donkey ears stayed on him until he became a real boy again. Yeah, originally, it was on him for the entire last third of the film. Yeah, so th- I guess the idea here was they wanted to get rid of the donkey ears. They didn't want him to have the donkey ears for that part mm-hmm. of, of the movie anymore. That's that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, that's what I was assuming. And I guess they just wanted to come up with some idea for how does he get rid of them. I guess that's what they came up with. So they come up with the idea of having the seagull haul them out to sea with Pinocchio basically water skiing behind the seagull. Hey, yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, they just had this whole thing about he's too heavy for her to carry, but he's not too heavy for her to go as fast as a speedboat in order for him to water ski across the ocean. How strong and how fast is this seagull? Yeah, it's like, it's, I don't know what the what the rules are with, like, talking seagull anatomy, but that was kind of strange, yeah. There was a lot of strange choices about any sort of locomotion on the ocean with Pinocchio, but uh, whatever. 
Yeah, whatever. I mean, we got a talking cricket here that looks like a human. So whatever. The rules are out the window. Yeah. I I guess, I don't know if they were just trying to avoid having the, the question being asked, like, how did he Jiminy Cricket survive going across the bottom of the ocean? Because I had that question in the original. But like... Oh, yeah. There's so much else in this movie that doesn't make sense. What's one more thing? Yeah, and, exactly. And really, I liked, even though I thought it was weird that he survived the trip on the bottom of the ocean, I liked that scene because all of the creatures, like I loved all those little seahorses and all the little anemones, and yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah. a cool-looking scene, and I was waiting for that, and we never got it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you because it was like, yeah, it was like, why is this the thing that you makes you say, oh, this makes no sense, let's, let's not do that. Like, mm-hmm. of all the things in this movie that don't make sense. And, like, and I understand the idea of, okay, well, Jiminy Cricket and Pinocchio can't talk underwater because that would, maybe that would be too weird in live action and it wouldn't, like, be believable. I don't know, maybe and that's why they changed it, but... That's actually what I think is probably what happened. And that and the only thing, but the only thing that they could think of to get them out at sea was the seagull <laughs> and <laughs> pulling him along while he's water skiing. And like that seems like it's not a completely it's not exactly an improvement of no. what they could like it's it's different, but it, I don't know if it's the better choice. Yeah. It was just one of many many bizarre choices yeah they eventually find geppetto and they have this whole long conversation as he's water skiing towards him and i didn't really like the conversation it felt weird yeah this was like it was a really long scene it was like from like them him discovering pinocchio to him from him hearing pinocchio thinking oh is that pinocchio i maybe i'm hearing things to him finally seeing him to finally arriving to into each other's arms it's not like when when are we going to get to the emotion, emotional satisfaction of the hug already let's get to it like what is this look with as I fast mean, as the seagull was flying to have him be water skiing it felt like he should have gotten to the boat way quicker than he did I know, I know exactly. It just, it was like, and they were kind of, it was kind of a weird scene because they were trying to make, they were like trying to be comedic with it when he was like telling them all the things that happened. Mm. And, and Geppetto and Tom Hanks said, you did all that in one day? And which was kind of funny. I'll give them I, that. I liked, but... I liked his line mostly, that line specifically. And probably only that line because he he followed that up with I, that's more than I've done in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> that yeah. made me laugh, but the rest of the conversation felt weird and forced. Yeah, exactly. And then just as Pinocchio is about to get to him, he's eaten by Monstro, and I'm like, "What the heck is Monstro?" <laughs> because that just, ain't a whale. <laughs> it's not a whale. No, I I I was like when I was looking at Monstro for the first time, I was thinking like, is that was that a tentacle? Like what what is that thing? Like he he was he really was a sea monster. Like when he said sea monster at the beginning, or not the beginning, but like midway through the movie, I thought they were just exaggerating. Like when somebody says sea monster, like yeah, it's like I figured they were using sea monster as a description of this whale. But he really is a sea monster. He's not a whale. Exactly. I thought the same thing. I thought Jiminy was saying that, like, he was, he called, I thought that he might have known it was a whale or 
he was you know he was supposed to be a whale but he just called him a sea monster because he was like a particularly uh monstrous whale and so he just nicknamed him sea monster but no he's actually a sea monster it looked like he looked like some kind of like um missing link like creature he looked he looked like one of those creatures like i've never seen any of these movies but there's a there's a film company called the asylum that does really horrible low budget bad special effects movies and he looked like one there's one i think called sharktopus or something like that that's like half half octopus half shark and that's what monstro looked like (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think Monstro was a little bit better designed than something from the Asylum, and certainly the animation was better. But it was still a strange choice to actually turn this whale into a tentacled sea monster. Yeah, it's like, and this is one of those choices I thought was kind of weird because it's like, okay, well, why, why, why did they make that change? It's not like it would have been. Less threatening if it was an actual whale, or mm-hmm. they they might. I have a feeling they did that because they thought that a whale would just be too boring because it's just a whale. It's just an ordinary animal. You see that at Sea World. Like we wanted, we want a we want a monster like a, with like a mythical monster that would be that would be better. But they, 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 I didn't think that was necessary. I didn't think that was necessary at all, especially when it, uh, he was a whale in the first movie and the, and the first movie worked perfectly fine. So it was like another unnecessary change, I thought. Yeah. I mean, I liked the design well enough because like, I like monsters in movies. Like I like creatures. So I yeah. liked the design. It just felt, it just felt weird, like a weird, unnecessary change. Yes. Like there's so much in the movie that they could have changed and they didn't. They took one of the things that should have stayed the same and changed that instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know why. I, I, I if I had to ask the filmmakers of this one thing, I would ask them a lot of things. But if I had to ask them one thing, I might be that. Like, why? Because that's the one thing I sort of don't understand. Why? Why isn't Monster away? I like it. It's, it's 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 almost classic that the mm-hmm. villain Pinocchio is supposed to be a whale. So changing that was kind of odd. Yeah, they do escape the same way, starting a fire. But I don't think that they stayed in the stomach as long as they did in the original, which I guess is fine. But I kind of was expecting more stuff to happen in the stomach rather than being swallowed and like immediately figuring out how to escape. Uh, yeah, the 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 scene inside of Monstro's belly lasted a lot longer in the animated version. So this one, we, they escaped really quickly in this one, and that sort of made it seem, uh, <laughs> it kind of made it seem a little less threatening when it happened. They just were swallowed by a whale and then immediately escaped. Yeah, but then also to escape, Pinocchio basically becomes a speedboat. <laughs> like when they get out of the mouth the boat breaks in half and pinocchio gets outside and starts i guess spinning his feet i'm not sure exactly what's happening but i think somebody said something like spinning so he basically becomes a motorboat to escape monstro yes yes and they and if you remember the scene uh with uh the scene with stromboli when he was on the stage during the i've got oh yeah his, they set that up. If, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. That was another weird choice, but I guess in hindsight, they were probably foreshadowing that, oh, he can move his feet really fast. <laughs> yeah. Which even in the I've got no strings scene, I thought the fast feet thing was kind of weird because okay, well, that didn't happen in the in the original movie, so they created that kind of with this. And mm-hmm. and it was kind of a weird choice because it's like, okay, it was like can any marionette do anything like that or like you know just the ones that have human traits like that come to life by blue fairies that are able to do that it's uh, sort of weird yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah but like you said he used his feet as like a kind of like a speedboat which i (laughs) i kind of thought this was like a ridiculous the story mechanic it kind of made him look like a superhero or, or something <laughs> actually i'm just thinking it kind of reminds me of mrs incredible and dash becoming a boat in the incredibles <laughs> yeah I didn't, I didn't think of that it was kind of like dash from the incredibles it's like uh, yeah and maybe but that's it what works, I was... it works in that because they're superheroes in this one it's just a little wooden puppet so it seems weird <laughs> yeah it was weird it's like i just it's up up little wooden puppet boy is like pushing a boat with a human inside it at full speed like it just i don't know if this worked physically i don't know (laughs) no it did not no no that that made that was totally unbelievable (laughs) and then we come to the end they escape and geppetto is the one who dies right instead of pinocchio which was already a weird choice but it gets weirder (laughs) and gets worse because yeah. up until this point, I was like, this movie is fine. Like, it's not, uh, it's, it's whatever. Like, it's yeah. straight down the middle. I don't care one way or the other. I probably wouldn't watch this again. But then you have Geppetto dying. Pinocchio cries. A single tear lands on his cheek. There's some blue fairy magic. He wakes up. And then he doesn't turn into a real boy. And then uh... Jiminy comes in. He says some long spiel about many stories have been told about him and nobody knows if he actually changed in like why on earth did they tell this whole entire story about him trying to become a real boy and then he doesn't become a real boy (laughs) that was like at that point i'm like this this just went from a straight down the middle whatever movie too (laughs) i'm act actively and like most most of these live action remakes have not bothered me one way or the other i th- I think they're unnecessary it's like whatever but this one turned me into actively annoyed with the movie oh like I, I still can't say that i hate it because it's still it's whatever but the yeah. end made it so it's like i i don't think i would ever watch this again and i can't even recommend it to somebody who's curious about it i'm like it doesn't have a good ending yeah <laughs> this is like yeah. they 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 made managed to sail through the movie and make it extremely mediocre, and then they still managed to trip over their feet and land face down in the mud yeah. with the movie. I know the they it, like they made it the worst. Like they made it worse than every other scene that came before it at the very end. Like yeah. that was that was impressive. That's impressive. Of, but, of all the things to change of the movie. The one I, thing that you should never change about the story of Pinocchio, they decided to change. I was I was so 
like surprised by this because it was like uh, this. By the way, before I go on, this is my this is my number three. Oh, worst. I figured. <laughs> I yeah. Figured that. <laughs> you, yeah, you, yeah, you figured. It. But yeah, but but anyway, yeah, I, this was it was such a weird choice when I saw this because I was like, wait a minute, did the movie just end? Was that it? Because like, yeah. like of all the things about the story if you if you if you're gonna if you're not gonna make the end of the story be the fact that the puppet uh turns into a real boy and that's kind of like snow white staying asleep forever at the end of snow white that's what it kind of felt like it was like wait a minute what was the Mm -hmm. point of all that and if you're going to and if you're going to change the movie and and have a bunch of things uh that are the same as the original movie and they're going to do all these different things and like the, 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 the fact that he turns into a human is one of the things you didn't like about the original is like what was the problem with that I if someone somebody somebody said that that they thought that they changed it maybe because uh uh it maybe they had the scene where he turned into a human in the test screenings, and maybe people thought, oh, they, maybe they didn't like it, so maybe they didn't like him as a human, so they decided to edit it and cut it, and maybe that's what happened. Maybe they wanted to, and they changed it post production or something, but but we're, it doesn't matter because regardless, it's like you, it's such a terrible way to end the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you went through all of that. And he doesn't even turn into a human anymore. It's like that. Like I don't even know what they were going for with the no, ending. Yeah. Like they, he might have turned into a human, but he might not have. Like that's this is supposed to be like a fairy tale. It's like it's very cut and dry. Like mm-hmm. why, why, why couldn't we be clear about the most, the most important, satisfying thing about the story? Mm-hmm. It was just, it was really weird absolutely bizarre yeah yeah and like and like i kind of was with you on uh on thinking it was just blah up until that point but that was like that sort of tipped the boat over right as mm-hmm. it docked at the shore like it was like all of a sudden it was like that was the weirdest choice they made in the entire film like, yeah I'm on the fence about whether I want to call the movie as a whole a bad movie because I have seen actual bad movies and this is not one of them. This is extremely mediocre up until the end and then the end is just, the end is what ruins it. Yeah, exactly. Not that that it was amazing to to be ruined in the first place. Like it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't like I was expecting a great ending, but I wasn't expecting that ending. Yeah, it was like that. So... That shocked me. Like I could not believe that they went and changed the ending so that he never turns into a real boy. He just that. maybe he did. Yeah, who, who, like, we don't know. Uh, maybe that... he did. Maybe he didn't. <laughs> um, what? What? Was... Shock! It was like such a terrible choice, and it was so abrupt. It was like, wait yes. a minute, it's not. It's not over, is it? And then it was in. And then the credits came, and I was like. Yeah, I, I, I even sat through the whole credits waiting for like a mid credit scene or a post credit scene. I was like, there's got to be something. They couldn't just end it there, could they? But they did. 
Yeah, like I'm I do agree with you that it's not a terrible movie, because like you said, I, I've watched a lot of movies, too. I've seen bad movies. This is not a bomb or anything like that. There, mm-hmm. there are some scenes that are actually are actually good. And I actually thought the movie was OK for the first few minutes. Yeah. When it, when it first started, because like I had heard so much, so many people on Twitter talking about how dreadful this movie was. And through the whole first act, it was like this is fine ish. Like it had, it had some things that were weird changes, but like, I really liked the blue fairy. But then after that, when he went outside and then things just started going downhill, never, never to a really awful place. Like people on Twitter were saying, and I expected. So maybe, maybe there, maybe the, my expectations were sufficiently lowered. So it seemed like it was better than I thought it was going to be. But up, up until the end, it was just, fine whatever this is an unnecessary remake and i can't i can't really like be mad about the ending because i didn't really care to begin with but like it's the story of pinocchio (laughs) why (laughs) yeah exactly it was the criticism towards the ending it doesn't have so much to do with like the 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 a writing choice or anything like that or like a or a bad review it's not it has nothing to do with like it ruined the movie it's just sort of like it's, of, of all the things to change this is like such an important part of the story it's yeah. so foundational to what pinocchio is that he turns into a human at the end of the story and to change that is very it, it's almost blasphemous in my <laughs> mind it's almost blasphemous it's all, like almost yeah yeah, it's just, I mean, I say almost because it's like, okay, well, once this movie is over, all I have to do is just not think about it ever yeah. again, and, and it'll be fine. So it's, it's, a, it's if they want to make a bad Pinocchio movie, go ahead. But just, <laughs> but like, you don't, you just, I'm not going to say nice things about it if you do. That's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because later this year i'm eventually planning on watching all the pinocchio movies that are coming out this year and doing a mini series on my every version ever podcast and i i've been thinking all this time that the one the russian one with the bad voice acting is going to be the worst one but now i'm kind of thinking what if this is going to be the worst one? Oh my god <laughs> it's it's and the other one looked kind of hilariously bad. Like maybe it'll be ironically good for how bad it is. And this one is just so mediocre that it can't be good. So the other one is better by default. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's the worst. Like I mean, can you imagine? Like, I I did not expect that. I really thought that this one was gonna be fine enough. I didn't think it was gonna be better than uh the one by Guillermo del Toro coming in December. I figured that one is probably gonna be the best one. Yeah, I figured this wouldn't be under that, but I didn't think that it would be so actively mediocre that it might end up being worse than the one that looks bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, especially when you got the, oh, especially when the guy who's directing it was the guy behind Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbits and like Castaway. The Polar Express wasn't great, but that was better than this. Like I thought, I, like, I kind of agree because like up until now. If somebody had told asked me if I wanted to watch Polar Express, I'd be like, no. 
Like, <laughs> I know that movie has its fans. Like, there are people who love the Polar Express. I have not been able to get past the dead eyes in all the characters. <laughs> but, like, if somebody gave me the choice of rewatching this and the Polar Express, I would choose Polar Express hands down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, like, like I said, like, most of these remakes, I haven't disliked. Like, they're fine. I probably wouldn't rewatch them unless somebody else wanted to. I feel like this one, if somebody wanted to rewatch it, I'd be like, can't we just watch something else? <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I would be, I would say, can't we watch the animated version instead? That's what I would yeah. say. And like, I'm not even, I don't even love the animation animated version like other people do. I think it's good. I think it's a great movie. It's weirder in hindsight than I thought it was. Like, I really liked it as a kid. I watched it a lot. And watching it as an adult is a weird experience because it's, especially like the whole child trafficking thing. It's just... It's weird, yeah. but I. It's still an amazing movie. Yeah, well, well and, compared <laughs> compared to the live action one, though. Oh yeah, no, hands down, like that's yeah. <laughs> miles and miles better than this one. It's, yeah, the, even though I don't love the original Pinocchio as an animated film, it's still a masterpiece. This yeah. is this is not. No, yeah, no, yeah. It's, 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 it's especially since I one of my least favorite things. I I know I, I said a lot of bad things about this movie, but like one of my least favorite things was just the fact that it was just it was just. I don't really like it when movies like uh, copy other movies, and this one, mm-hmm. this one, it's a remake. It copied a lot of things from the animated version, which I felt was kind of like oh, this is like lesser filmmakers copying from better filmmakers, and it, it didn't feel like artistic. It just felt like it just felt like yeah. I'm being. It felt like a job to the people making this. Yeah, it's like there's a lot to criticize about the live action lion king and the live action lion king is almost the same as this one in that it's almost a copy paste of the original but at least with that one the point that they had a point with making that is they wanted to make it as realistic as possible even though i don't love that choice that is the reason that they did it and they they went for that and they for the most part i think they succeeded in what they were trying to do yeah but yeah this one it just felt like they were making it to make it. Yeah, it, they were, it felt like they were just making it to make it. Didn't you couldn't tell what the point was, especially since it wasn't released in theaters. It was released straight to Disney Plus. Yeah, and and especially since they changed uh, the ending, like the Lion King, they they at least they, they at least they when they copied the Lion King, they could tell that they should copy the Lion King because the Lion King mm-hmm. was so great. But with this, they changed the ending and they changed a lot of things about this. Even though it was like basically the same, the changes they made were odd. There were a lot yes. of odd, a lot of odd changes with this one. It's like they changed a bunch of stuff that they shouldn't have changed, and they didn't change stuff that really should have been changed yeah yeah exactly it's just it's a weird movie yeah (laughs) it's in the in the nicest way possible yeah it's a weird movie yeah well i think we've probably about beat this horse to death yeah no (laughs) (laughs) we probably should end this podcast here because otherwise we're just going to be saying the same things over and over again (laughs) yeah no i i think we need to stop now yeah (laughs) uh yeah well we will probably do something better than this in the future (laughs) 
So yeah. until then, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Yeah, I I have a Twitter and my handle is at eJunkie2014 and I have a blog and the website is eJunkieBlog.com that stands for Entertainment Junkie. And on my blog and on Twitter, I talk about all kinds of things. I, don't, I try not to talk about the live action Pinocchio because it's just going to be a lot of negativity. <laughs> But I do talk about Disney and other movies and like, I love to talk about the history of entertainment on my blog. So check me out. Okay. Well, until next time. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Let's talk about a good movie next time. Yes, definitely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Disney Movie Marathon. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.